Howdy, everybody, and welcome to another BP Movie Journal, the show we do where we talk about the stuff we've seen since the last time we did one of these. I'm David. I'm Tyler. It's going to be a short one because I officially, for BP Movie Journal purposes, have watched zero movies over the past week. Well, right, yes, that's right. Okay. I have watched movies, right. but not things that are like work-related things that I don't want right. to get into. Or like I don't know. Some I, I rewatched the Virgin Suicides for like sure. a dozen time. It's still amazing. As it's, it's sort of I guess because we had rewatched on Sofia Coppola's birthday because she recently turned fifty. Natalie and I had rewatched fifty. Yeah, Natalie and I had rewatched um, Lost in Translation, and so mm. it was Natalie's idea to. She was like, "Why don't we rewatch Virgin Suicides too?" And uh, yeah, it's still for reasons that are probably tied up in personal reasons still yeah. my favorite Sofia Coppola movie even though there isn't a single one that I don't like I, I still think Virgin Suicides is just uh, it's it's just magic to me she is genuinely among my favorite filmmakers not merely working but she has enough of a body of work that I can safely say like even if she stopped working right now it's like one of my favorite filmmakers of all time she just whether it be a uh, visual sensibility or tonal sensibility I just like what she does it really resonates with me. Um, do you know, um, not to, uh, we've <laughs> like, I've said so many things about your neighborhood that your listeners can probably pinpoint. Your neighborhood. Probably. Yeah. But there's a liquor store on Sepulveda, just South of Roscoe. It's mm-hmm. like, a, on an Island. It's just below. Yes. Dr. Hogwoggies. Do you know about this a couple of years ago for like, uh, it was a 24. It was like their 10th anniversary or something. Oh, I think you, you might've told me this, but now I don't remember the details, but it's starting but to sound familiar. Basically they, uh, all over the Los great, uh, well, all, all over Los Angeles, they got a bunch of billboards, painted them white and on each different one without any sound or like an audience just like projected a movie. And yeah. so the bling ring was projected on the billboard above that liquor store on Sepulveda as part of an A24 like marketing stunt, I guess. Feels like maybe you'd want to go with like Beverly Hills or something for for that one. Like I feel that that's yeah. more neighborhood specific. Yeah, you would think, but um, maybe Beverly Hills wouldn't let them because that's sure. a different city. In, oh yeah, yeah, uh, that's true. And this is Los Angeles, and they yeah. said go ahead. I don't know. Inter- I, interesting thing. I have when I uh, I have picked up. Tall boys before recording at that liquor store uh, more times than I can count. It's All really right. becoming a problem. <laughs> no, it's been a while. I, I don't really drink while we record anymore. Um, yeah. Well, uh, so yeah, I said, like I said, I didn't watch anything, at least not that I can talk about. Uh, but what did you watch? You've got a couple movies to talk about. Yeah, and I, I, di- I also had a rewatch that it's like, it's Jurassic World. It is a, an increase, like every time I watch it, I find. I find more things to think are stupid and yet <laughs> I still rewatch. It's just a, it's just a very fun movie. And as anybody who watched my uh, little video essay about it, one that I find so fascinating, it's mm-hmm. like, how can a movie this dumb be this self-aware, but not so self-aware as to be better, but just enough to embed something within the dumbness anyway. Uh, so yeah, uh, I watched Jim Jarmusch's the dead don't die. Did you see it? I didn't see that one. Eh. I mean, I love Jim Jarmusch. He's mm-hmm. also one of my favorite filmmakers. Um, and there is a lot of good in it. Uh, and there's a lot of, it's, it's often very funny. I think the MVP, it's a great cast, but I think the MVP for me is Adam Driver, who can deliver like 
a dead pen. I mean, the, the thing is, is chock full of Jim Jarmish uh, regulars. Right. Um, and Adam Driver obviously was in Patterson playing a very different type of character than the one he does here. But uh, but yeah, he just gets the cadence really well. And the, and he he and Bill Murray certainly set the tone. Uh, and so there is a lot of humor there. And like I knew that this was not going to be like a scary thing. It was going to be a, uh, a funny thing, but it's still a Jim Jarmusch movie. And I think I didn't, I wasn't ready for how much time he was going to spend letting us get to know these characters, many of whom are just jokes, mm-hmm. but he still treats them with a certain degree of respect. And I really appreciate that. And it just like, there's a real specific rhythm that I, that I got into and I haven't seen a Jarmish film in a while. And I was just like, Oh yeah, I got man. I love this. And, uh, and I watched it with a friend who, uh, to my knowledge, maybe has never seen a Jim Jarmish film. Oh. Uh, and so this is the same friend that I watched touch of evil with and okay. Dr. Strange love somebody who's kind of young and kind of news, uh, new to uh, a certain type of film going. And so, uh, yeah. And he, he kind of liked it too. And like, it is, he, he talked about like how dry it is like, yeah, I guess that's the word for it. Uh, a, a real nice dry wit. And I also appreciate how like bloody and gory, like it, it really is. Mm. It's everything that a zombie movie is supposed to be, at least on the surface, getting to know characters that, you know, are going to die, right. uh, setting a tone. And then the, the zombies show up and it's, and it's really horrendous. Where I have a problem, and I'm certainly not the only one to say this, is I can't tell if the film is commenting on ham-fisted social satire or if it is just engaging in ham-fisted social satire. I like to believe that Jim Jarmusch is smart enough to be doing the former. Because, hey, if you're making a zombie movie, and he he not so covertly references George Romero uh, in a few few scenes... um, and George Romero, you know, he he put this stuff mm-hmm. in some and not very subtly, certainly as he got older. And so I, I think Jim Jarmusch maybe was trying to like by having things be just really obvious uh, and really at this point, just cliche. I just kind of assumed that he was that maybe he's kind of like, well, this is part of the zombie uh, tradition as well. So that's my hope. Okay. But I also genuinely is like, well, Jim Jarmusch is getting up there in years and the, the things that he's choosing to satirize where it's just like, Hey, look, the zombies are all on their phones. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. then like, and so that's it's stuff, funny. it's stuff I mean, like that's that. not actually funny. That, yeah. That's funny that that's in there. And then like, you see like the, uh, many of the zombies are like carrying things around. And so like there's a character played by Tom Waits and he's not even really a character, but he's more of just a Greek chorus. And at the end he's talking about like, like, uh, consumerism and, and these zombies, you know, being consumers and they're con- now they're consuming each other and all that. And I thought like, okay, if you are commenting on social commentary, then well done. If you are doing this, you are 40 fucking years late. But also you're, you're going to have to decide for yourself. I don't think Jim, I don't think there's like, when you say you hope, like there's not going to be, there's not an answer awaiting at some point you're going to have to decide for yourself what it is. And you know what? It's, 
it's really tough because like it's that type of thing where like if you if you because I have no doubt that all of the targets of satire in the film are things that he actually Jim Jarmusch actually does feel passionately about but almost but by having so many knowing winks in the film it's almost like how can I have my cake and eat it too and I do think that it's and because it's that, because that more than anything, the fact it's like, well, I hope it's this, but it could be this. But the fact, like, I appreciate ambiguity, and certainly I enjoy when he engages in that. But here, it it seems less like ambiguity and more like someone who's trying to have it all and trying to, like, if I if I twist this just the right way, I can get away with saying these things that maybe, and maybe he doesn't know that it's been, that it's all been said before at this point. But because uh, again, you know, you get yeah. older and you get a little bit more. Uh, but also, if you told me, and he's I, a little curmudgeonly already. But if you told me that Jim Jarmers doesn't wa- doesn't watch movies, I, I would kind sure. of believe you. But he, he watches enough G- George Romero to right. have right. referenced it, like the second one. The, yeah. Dawn of yeah. the Dead is like the one is like heavily satirical in a lot of ways. And uh, so, yeah, it's it's frustrating. I just found myself like. I, di- I didn't want everything laid out for me, but I wanted just a slight nudge in one direction or another so that I could be there with him. Whatever it was he was doing, I could be there with him. But as it is, it just feels like he couldn't make a choice. You know, like mm-hmm. there's there's purposeful ambiguity and then i feel like there's the kind of ambiguity that comes with someone who's a little bit afraid or uncommitted or whatever it is and that's the that's definitely the the vibe that i got from this from this movie which is a shame because the first uh, the first 45 minutes Mm. to an hour is is really great and then once the zombie kills start happening still good moments of course and and a great cast but i just was frustrated by the film Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The other movie that I watched, <laughs> yeah. this is very unusual. I'm not used to transitioning into myself. Um, so uh, Jen and I did go see a movie in the theater. It's the first time she and I have gone to a theater since, oh, yeah, I already know what it was. You yeah. told me. Uh, but she and I have not gone to a theater since September 21st, uh, 2020, the day before the kids were born. Uh, and she and I went to go see Tenet in uh, a, an afternoon show in Phoenix. So she had, and then I, a few months ago after I got uh, vaccinated, right. I went and saw Godzilla vs. Kong. Uh, and then she and I went to see A Quiet Place Part 2. Did you see the first one? I forget. Yeah, I, I, I saw it. I skipped it when it came out, or okay. I don't know if I skipped it. I just didn't get around to when it came out, and then um, uh, I saw it as part of my like, got to see everything that came out this year. Sure. Like, uh, and I thought it was okay. I guess I don't, I don't. I don't really remember. I guess I didn't dislike it, or else I'd remember that. I think I liked it. It is a. The first one is a is a. It's a strong, solid, bit of filmmaking. 
that I, I appreciate its level of commitment to the idea of characters not talking. I have my personal beliefs of, of how it could have been better, which is like no music. Uh, so that yeah. it truly is about almost I, silent at times, well, but I, I get it. What I actually liked about it was, um, because uh, yeah, you're going even further by saying no music. I'm just glad there weren't like extensive flashbacks to before sure. the time. Like it really yeah. committed to living in that moment. I think I liked that choice. This one reminding me that now. This one starts with I don't know if I'd say an extensive flashback, but certainly four or five minutes. It's essentially day one. It's like when these things, which mm-hmm. are pretty much aliens, the, when these things arrive. So we do get to see John Krasinski's character and all that. And then we cut to, I mean, the mo- this movie, is, as far as I can tell, starts the moment the first one ends. And so now that these characters, they, they have a way to kill these things, and they're trying to figure out, like, okay, but is this sustainable? Is there a way to make this kind of widen this a little bit? And, and so they, they go out sort of into the world instead of their own little uh, farmhouse. They encounter Killian Murphy delivering a really good performance. Mm. Um and then they would you say he's killing it in the movie i would say that okay. yes <laughs> he's killing it <laughs> that's, that's what i said yeah, i know and now you asked what i said this I said is not it. a patreon so there's no video here no one else but you got to see me like lean way into oh, the microphone <laughs> I, I i think the 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 listening audience can picture it because your voice does change right. into something just so punchable <laughs> in that moment. Uh, so yeah, it's it's a uh, it, it's a, it's a very solid film. It's very much like the first one. It's a nice extension of the first one. Um, you could watch this immediately after the first one and feel like yeah, it's all one story. That's why it's part two and not mm-hmm. just two. Um, right. I try to pay attention to that sort of thing. Uh, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, and the thing that got me is like coming away from is like fuck man these these movies are stressful you know like this level of tension combined with the the dour tone and that's not a nece- that's not necessarily a bad thing but by the end of it like it's not a film I would necessarily say I enjoy it's it's not an enjoyable Hmm. Uh, kind of, there are there are horror movies that you can come away from. And it's like, and you feel breathless at the end, and you're like, oh my gosh, that's, whew, that was a thrill ride. This was just stressful, and that I I think that it's it's what John Krasinski wanted it to be, and so I think uh, it's it's a perfectly good movie. I do occasionally have. Of course, they're not going to explain what the aliens are doing here and what they want. Like that's they're not going to be able to go into that. But after a while, you do kind of see what the aliens' mo is, and after and you start to wonder, like, what 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 are they? What is the end game for these aliens? What are they doing? Because as far as I can tell, they're not eating anybody. They're just beating the hell out of them, and then until they die, and they like claw them up, and then they hear someone, and then they go claw that person up until they die. I don't think they eat them, um, and there doesn't seem to be any real coordination. They're just kind of walking around until they hear something, and then they kill that thing, and then they just keep walking around. It really is a zombie movie for all mm-hmm. intents and purposes, yeah. and. Again, I, I don't. I, I have no expectation of this being a, like Independence Day for a number of reasons, where everything is just explained or, or characters right. speculate at least. 
because when it comes right down to it, it's like, eh, yeah, who cares why they're here? They're here. But I do find myself wondering like, okay, but like in, in the first, like in the alien movies, it's like, okay, well you get their life cycle and they're just perpetuating their species. Like I get no sense of that here and they're not eating and they're not using our resources. They're just assholes who just showed up here. They're like bullies. They're like intergalactic bullies and that's it. And I don't know, for some reason it made them, they're still frightening, but it made the whole thing just seem less, I don't know. I usually like my my alien invasion movies to be, alien invasion combined with zombie movies to be a little bit more philosophical. And and outside of like the need for survival and the, the need for, sacrifice within that which i guess is enough but like nothing is far from an, from an allegory standpoint i feel like there wasn't really much to the aliens themselves well i have uh, a question that is not actually about a quiet place part two okay but it's something you said that really got my mind working speaking of philosophy you said you pay attention to when sequels are part two yeah or two so there's a recent development i only recently started thinking about it like so with you the Godfather. have what i'm guessing is well what i'm what's what i'm looking for what I'm gathering from that is that you have an idea of what a part two versus a two, maybe versus a numerical two versus a Roman numeral two. Like you have an idea of what those things mean, but I can't mm-hmm. imagine it always lines up. Like Probably is, not. Like, but it, <laughs> I'm wondering if this is like, if you could start saying like something like the hangover part two is incorrectly named because that should just be a two I haven't seen it, so I don't know how it works. But I guess what you were saying is by referring to The Quiet Place Part 2 as it being like the next chapter, like a continuation of the story. Yes, very directly connected to the events of the first one. Okay. Whereas The Hangover Part 2 is like, uh, even though I'm a defender of it, it is one of those Hollywood comedies where it's like, this worked, let's do it again. Let's change a few things and just do it again. Yeah. That feels more like a two. That feels more like a a number two. two. Yeah. Okay. As opposed to something, I mean, my go-to here is like the Godfather part two. And what's interesting is like a part, I, I do not think that there was a plan for a second quiet place. I don't necessarily think there was a plan for a second Godfather mm-hmm. when they made the first one. And so they add this part two and then that's it. It's sort of up to them to decide, okay, we're calling this part two and not just two. So what does that mean? And it's, we are, branching off from the first one and expanding the world and expounding upon the events that we all know happened. So we're we're still feeling the consequences of those events. So if it were just called the Godfather two, that would be incorrectly named. Is that what you're saying? Sure. Okay. But what's interesting is say the Eddie Murphy vehicle, Dr. Doolittle two, that is the right use of the number two because it's just a on a number of levels <laughs> uh sorry you you walked into it and yeah. I'm, a, I'm a dad yeah. now i need to think about this kind of thing and we should have wrapped up on that by the way 